The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Good morning. Sunday morning in Naples. The Annex Wealth Management Show is on the air at 92.5 Fox News, Sunday, November 17th. What does Annex Wealth Management do? Well, just check out our website, AnnexWealth.com, financial and retirement planning. We do investment management, risk management, tax planning, estate and legacy planning, and a lot of education, including a very vibrant, very rich YouTube channel with an awful lot of our stuff that we've done on our radio shows. It's really good. Just, again, start at AnnexWealth.com. My name is Danny Clayton. I'm a marketing content guy here at Annex Wealth Management. Also joining us, Mark Oswald, Chief Compliance Officer, Annex Wealth Management. Good morning. Good morning, guys. And Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Again, welcome to the show. It's show number three here at 92.5 Fox News. Well, it's really good to be here. And you think about one of the nicest places in the United States. And, you know, we're glad to be broadcasting here. But more importantly, as you pointed out, Danny, we talk about client education all the time and and prospective client education as well. And that is a format of our company, and it's worked very well for us. And so we enjoy doing these radio shows. But let's change gears just a little bit and talk about something that everyone's talking about, and that is the market is at all-time highs. Again, on Friday, we saw a lot of green early on. Market jumped open up 100 points, and we went from there. You think about what is causing concern, and the market has climbed this wall of worry this entire year. And you have to go back and think about where we were in 2018. Around this time, the market was not in a very good mood, going lower, and the Federal Reserve was raising rates. Well, this whole year has been different. We are now up more than 20% for the year, Mark. Earnings have been better. The Federal Reserve has absolutely done a pivot. I think that's a great perspective because I think you can look back and say, where were we a year ago or even you know years ago with monetary policy and fiscal policy? policy in the United States. Think about December, Dave, of 2018, what was happening in the markets. As you pointed out, you had the Fed tightening, right? You had, we're trying to take money out of the economy at that point in time. And the dot plot, remember the dot plot in December of 2018, we were expecting rate raises. Yeah, the dot plot is this thing that the Feds put out there that they expect where rates are going to go. And all the Fed governors had this dot plot, which is this thing that they call it, of where they think rates are going. And it was not the direction that they went. No, not at all. They were going to go higher in 2019. And 2020, and now we've had this reversal, as you pointed out from the Fed. We had rate cuts three times so far in 2019, and so that's a, just a different environment for investors, for both bond investors and stock investors. And it really leads to the, the conversation about what do you do about it if the markets are at an all-time high and the Fed is easing, and we've got this political circus that's going on around the country. You, know, you think about what do you do with your portfolio. Certainly, there's things that we can talk about later in the show that people should be doing as are getting towards the end of the year, but it certainly 
is an interesting time. If you just joined us, this is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Know the difference. It is Team Tech Trust. We are a Barron's top advisor, a four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, and a fee-only fiduciary partner. That is one of the crucial differences with Annex Wealth Management. Yeah, you know, really, thank you, Danny. But, you know, really, Mark, you're right on it. You talk about where do we go with asset allocation. And, again, let's talk about this wall of worry that the market has climbed this entire year as we wrap up a decade. Let's think about where that is. You know, we get to uh, 2019 and into 2020. This bull market has been running since March of 2009. So does that cause people concern because of the length? And it is the longest bull market that we've seen. But Mark, if you look at it in terms of GDP, gross domestic product, it is not. It's not because you're looking at a very muted recovery. Sometimes when you have a bounce, like you have a correction like we did, the major correction back in 2008, you see this V-shaped bounce. It bounces off the bottom and it goes almost straight back up. And that's really not a very healthy recovery. What we've seen is a very, very muted recovery, which has been this gradual slope forward. We have positive GDP of around 2%. We're not growing at breakaway speed, but at the same time, there really isn't this idea that we're going to run into a recession. So we've had healthy employment, 3.5-3.6% unemployment in the United States. We've had inflation that has stayed tame, which is, you know, the two main mandates of the Fed. So the Fed's been free really to, to institute a monetary policy that's been healthy for the markets, both the bond markets and the stock markets. And you think about it in those terms, and what does that mean? It means that the consumer is doing well. And in this country, where 68%, you know, two-thirds to 70% of the GDP in this country is driven by consumer purchasing, uh, we watch this number. And when you have, Danny, and when you have low unemployment and you have this wealth effect, in other words, People feel better about what they have because their 401ks and their portfolio is up. They go out and spend. What's well, on one end of the spectrum, but look at what Walmart did this past week. They they had a very good quarter. But, 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 but you think spending. about it. I know right. we, you pick on the Walmart buyer, but uh, I don't look at it that way. I mean, I've shopped at Walmart. Sure. I shop at Walmart. But the key there, of course, is unemployment is yeah. down across the United States and in many demographic groups. And so you think about there's a lot of people who have jobs who didn't have yep. jobs before. And if you want a job, there's probably a job available for you. Interest rates are low, so that. That encourages people to go out and spend, and the stock market is up. All of that encourages consumer spending and consumer confidence. All the way from a boat to a flat screen TV, and that's that's really for everybody. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. And yeah. so you talk about consumer confidence that remains high. It's a key indicator for us. But we you know we did see something in the summer against against this wall of worry, and that was CEO confidence began to wane. And we watch that because if CEOs, their confidence begins to decline and they're sitting around a boardroom and saying, what do we do with our capital? Do we go and buy uh, some more equipment with capital expenditures? Do we hire more people? What do we do with it? If they don't have confidence, that could come out on the other side. Certainly you got that dichotomy between people who are working that are feeling good about their paycheck and about wage increases. Then you got the employers, the guy who are paying the wages, thinking that maybe things aren't so great. So if you get those two things moving in concert again with a low interest rate, an accommodative Fed, that could be really good for the stock markets going forward and for the bond markets and the U.S. economy. So one of the things that we ask for you to do is head to our website, AnnexWealth.com, and we realize there are a lot of firms out there. What we're asking you to do is know the difference. We feel that there is a significant difference in financial advisors. One of our keys is we are a fee-only fiduciary partner. When you go to AnnexWealth.com, you'll be able to read a little bit about our company 
company. In fact, quite a bit about our company. It explains everything. But we think when you click that Get Started button, a small box will open up. We'll ask you for some contact information. You can get on your way to a free portfolio analysis. You might as well have your stuff looked at, get a second set of eyes, some experts that that aren't trying to sell you something, that are fee-only fiduciary partners. Again, AnnexWealth.com. Back in a bit, this is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management, where we ask you to know the difference. The Wall Street Journal has published a list of questions to ask your financial advisor. The very first one is, are you a fiduciary, and are you willing to put that in writing? We've been asking people listening to our show to do that for years. That's just one of the ways to know the difference between financial advisors. People come to us every day with what I call a mishmash. Statements here and there, overlapping investments, no consolidation. Annex Wealth Management can clean that up and put it in order. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will work to make sure your plan is clear and coordinated. If this makes sense to you, or if you want a second opinion on your investments and retirement planning, go to AnnexWealth.com. You can learn more there or simply hit the Get Started button and start the process. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. I hope we see you soon. Many children in Southwest Florida face an uncertain future with their health, but Nicholas Children's Hospital Foundation is here to help. Through special individuals just like you, the Nicholas Children's Hospital Foundation's mission is fulfilled, fighting along with the children of this community on their journey to wellness through medical research and innovation, bringing hope and healing, especially to those children with very complex health issues. But we really need your help. You can create health and happiness in the life of a child. By creating a special gift within your life insurance, estate plan, or even your current retirement plan, Southwest Florida has a rich tradition of philanthropy for children. And now, Nicholas Children's Hospital Foundation is here to expand that legacy. For information, please call 239-263-2223. That's 239-263-2223. Nicholas Children's Hospital Foundation, a tradition of giving, now in Southwest Florida. Will you be a part of something special today? Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust at Annex Wealth Management. Jill Martin is the estate planning attorney here, and she works with clients on a wide array of matters, including what we're going to talk about today. Welcome back. Thanks, Danny. Leaving money to minors. Now, I'm thinking trust fund babies. I think that's the first phrase that comes to mind, and I've known some, and they've been A, insufferable, and B, it hasn't gone well. Well, it depends on A, the dollar amount, but trust funds are generally actually a pretty good idea. And I think today we'll talk about what are some of the alternatives and maybe you might get turned around that the trust fund might be the better of the four. Okay. All right. Here we go. The typical arrangement, right? Spouses would leave money to the other spouse in the event that one of them died, right? That's a the beneficiary, that's, the that's primary. That's a pretty typical estate plan where, okay. you know, married couple leaves everything to each other. And then when the second of them passes, it passes on to the kids. But it doesn't always work that way, right? If something tragic happened, but then there's plenty of single parents too. Correct. And so it's important to think about if something happened to you and you were the sole 
parent that was alive, whether it's because a spouse predeceased or passed away at a very young age, or there's a divorce and, and they're just not yeah. in the picture anymore, those types of things, it's important for people to think about. So I was reading up about this and I came across the phrase property management, and that seemed really clinical, like it was a series of buildings or something. <laughs> property management, what do you think about that? So property management, I guess how I would look at it from my lens in doing this for a long time is, is when you leave money to minors, they don't have capacity to own any. So you become an adult once you legally turn 18. So what happens is, is when you leave something to someone who's under 18, somebody needs to manage it, whether it's they get left a house, somebody needs to take care of that house for those children, somebody needs to manage finances or a bank account for those kids. That's what I guess property management would be, but I guess I don't I don't term it in that kind of phrase. It made me think, sure, there is more than money. There's there's a house, there's there's other stuff, boats, there's cars. Absolutely. So to properly pass money to kids, is this set up via a will or is this a trust? It can be both or it can be none of the above. <laughs> so <laughs> what happens is we work with a lot of clients who they use beneficiary designations, right? So maybe they say, I leave my IRA to my spouse. And in the event that my spouse passes away before I do, I leave it to my kids. That's a very typical kind of estate plan and beneficiary designation form. The issue there becomes if all of a sudden both spouses have passed away and those kids are minors, they're going to inherit that IRA as minors. And so then all of a sudden they've got IRAs that they need to deal with and and we have to figure out what to do with them. I saw the phrase court appointed guardians. That seems a little distant to me. Is that like where they'll summon somebody from room 312 in the courthouse and all it's like a public defender that's your court appointed guardian? It's not. Oh, so good. so what happens is is if if you have minor children and you normally in a will would list who would be the guardian of those children in the event that you passed away and they're still minors. What that looks like is is there's two types of guardianship. There's guardian of the person. Who are they going to live with? Who's going to take them to school and coordinate, you know, the vacations and all of those types of things. But then there's also a guardian of the estate. And that's the person who manages the property, right, that we just kind of talked about. So normally in a will, you appoint someone to be that person. It, they can be the same. They don't have to be different. But you're picking who that's going to be. In the absence of a will, likely what's going to happen is an interested family member is going to come forward and ask to be appointed by the court. So it's not that it's, yeah, the random person from down the hall in the courtroom that Good. happens to be available. It is going to be someone that is known to the family that the court is going to basically pass judgment on and say that this is the appropriate person. Talking to Jill Martin about passing money to kids many different ways, many different situations. Let's talk about something called the UTMA, the UTM. A. What does that stand for? So UTMA is a lovely acronym in our legal world. I hear it a lot. It's the Uniform Transfers to Minors Act. And what that is, is that allows you to transfer property in a little bit more efficient way than having this full guardianship of the estate that comes into play. Because the guardianship of the estate has annual court filings, and the guardian is going to have to go to court and get permission to make distributions for the benefit of that minor, right? And guardianships terminate when that child turns 18. UTMAs are a statutory creation that basically allows someone to create an account where they name someone as a custodian to take care of that money for the minor. 
The difference with the UPMA account is it extends it out to 21 at least, but it also doesn't have the court supervision over it. So that custodian who's who's taking care of those funds can use those funds for the minor without having to get court approval to do everything. So UTMA, to me, and I didn't go to as much law school as you did, sounds cleaner, better? Uh, depends on your facts and circumstances is my answer in my legal world, okay. right? The difference is, is the guardianship is very, very supervised so that the court is going to ensure those funds are used for the benefit of that minor. The UTMA account doesn't have the court involvement. So if you pick a custodian who's not real great with money, they could start potentially siphoning that money off for themselves rather than for the minor. So there's some pros and cons with both of them that depends on who it is that you trust to be that person. But generally, the UTMA is going to be less invasive from a, an administrative standpoint. So no matter what, when the, when the person, the kid, turns 21, they get it all? That is going to be their account going forward. Okay. And so what happens is, is... You know, like at Annex, we have we have UTMA accounts for clients where maybe a grandparent set it up for a child, right? And so what happens is, is legally that child becomes the owner of that account when they're 21, and therefore they have full control over that account. Could that be a disaster? 18, 21, 40? Right. I don't know. <laughs> <Yes>. I mean, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> depending on what's going on with your facts and circumstances, any age could be detrimental. But a lot of people tend to think that 18 and 21 might be a little young for people to inherit money. My research has shown, yes, that is the case. So can you do it where somebody would inherit the money at 30 or, or later? Or? Yeah, so that's where you can use trusts. Instead of leaving money just to the minor outright, which creates the guardianship or into an UTMA account, people will use trusts as part of their estate plan. So you can do this under the will or under a revocable trust that you use. But basically, instead of leaving it to my son, Bob... I'm leaving it in trust for my son, Bob. And what that does is that creates a trustee who's going to be responsible for that property management, making distributions. But you get to customize the terms and conditions that Bob gets to make distributions for and the age at which that trust would terminate, if at all. It sounds complicated, and it sounds like something definitely people need professional help on. Jill, that's what you do for our clients. Absolutely. Jill Martin, an estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. You're welcome. Many children in Southwest Florida face an uncertain future with their health, but Nicholas Children's Hospital Foundation is here to help. Through special individuals just like you, the Nicholas Children's Hospital Foundation's mission is fulfilled, fighting along with the children of this community on their journey to wellness through medical research and innovation, bringing hope and healing, especially to those children with very complex health issues. But we really need your help. You can create health and happiness in the life of a child. By creating a special gift within your life insurance, estate plan, or even your current retirement plan, Southwest Florida has a rich tradition of philanthropy for children. And now, Nicholas Children's Hospital Foundation is here to expand that legacy. For information, please call 239-263-2223. That's 239-263-2223. Nicholas Children's Hospital Foundation, a tradition of giving, now in Southwest Florida. Won't you be a part of something special today? 
It's easy to forget stuff. Keys, meetings, anniversaries. Remember who sold your annuity to you? Once the check clears, it's rare to hear from them again. Annuities are often oversold to people just like you, generating substantial sales commissions. They're misunderstood. What sounds great during the sales pitch dissolves into something that's hard to figure out. Good news. Annex Wealth Management offers unbiased annuity reviews with no catch. When you see the way Annex operates, you'll know the difference. Unbiased annuity reviews from Annex Wealth Management. That's all you need to remember. Annex Wealth.com. Team, tech, trust, and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Sunday, November 17th. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. My name is Danny Clayton. Mark Oswald, our Chief Compliance Officer at Annex Wealth Management, is here. Dave Spano, our President and CEO. Just looking back at that last segment that we played with uh, Joe Martin, our estate planning attorney, she's just one of the many, I guess, tent poles that we have at Annex Wealth Management because we talk about team tech and trust. A lot of companies will farm this stuff out. We don't do that. We've got it all in-house. So we've got tax experts. We've got estate planning experts. Certainly, a financial and retirement planning experts. That's what we do at Annex Wealth Management. Yeah, really, Danny. You know, I think about it over 30 years of of doing this business. I have yet to meet the person in this industry who is an estate planning lawyer, a CPA tax planner, a great investment manager, a great relationship manager, and an excellent financial planner. Those people don't exist, which is the reason why we need a team. Well, I think as you build Annex, that's what you realize, and that's what you've you've done. I mean, right from yet a small collection of people and realize that, listen, if people want comprehensive elite wealth management, you're going to need to build the team that way. There's no question. So you talk about, as you said, the full-scale wealth management, holistic, means estate planning, tax planning, investment planning, and of course, financial planning. All of that goes into it. You know, let's let's get to the one of the other legs of the stool, which is, of course, which is investment planning. We talked a little bit about it at the beginning of the show and that the market continues to go up this wall of worry. And if you read the newspaper, you think the world was coming to an end. You know, we're hearing uh, impeachment inquiries are, are going on. And, you know, where does that lead? And does that change whoever's in the, at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue? All of this causes concern. But in the meantime, the market continues to go up because you'll look at the backdrop. And the backdrop, of course, is that valuations are maybe a little bit above average, but not a runaway. Right. They were not runaway, Mark. Earnings were good this year, better, better than expected. This last quarter, we expected a negative earnings report. And that's not what we got. Not at all. And you start thinking about the growth rate of earnings, you have to look at the comparables. In 2018, they were easy comparables. We were beating the comparables by 20%, 25%, because the number was smaller. You look at the energy sector, for instance, those companies didn't make anything. So it was easy for ExxonMobil or Chevron or whoever to beat last year's earnings. Then you have a 20% growth rate of some companies, and you say, well, now it's 2019. Can you beat that bar again? And in the first two quarters of the year, we did have positive growth of earnings. We expected negative growth of earnings in the third quarter. We didn't get that. Pretty flat. And now we got the fourth quarter. We may see some positive growth. It'll be interesting to see what the projections are for 2020, because that really leads you to where does the market go from here? Well, we we have projections. And as companies get through their earnings report, they give us some type of look forward. And right now, we think that the S&P 500, and you know, a lot of people don't know this, and you do an excellent job of explaining it. But if you look at the S&P 500 aggregate earnings, it comes 
to a number. It does. So you take all the companies in the S&P 500, Starbucks, McDonald's, you, know, you name it. You put all their earnings together. If one company makes a dollar and another company makes a dollar and a half, you add all those together, and the expectation is about $175 to $180 of collective earnings for those companies for 2020. So you take that number, call it 175 call it 180 So if that's the estimate, if companies have said, we think our guidance is that in 2020 we're going to make this much money based on revenue, based on growth, based on expenses. This is what we think we're going to make. You add all that together, and then you take a multiple to it, and that tells you where you think the index is going to go. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News for Sunday, November 17th. We are a Barron's Top Advisor, a four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, and a fee-only fiduciary partner. Again, know the difference. Start at AnnexWealth.com. Now, we can dig down. You know, a lot of times we talk about the market. I'm doing air quotes on radio here. But the market is often looked at as the Dow Jones and, and sometimes the S&P 500, which we think is a better example. But really, when you're investing and you have a balanced portfolio, you have money in fixed income. You have money in international assets. You have money in real estate. And that's really how you build a portfolio. And so one of the things that drives valuations in all of these things, Mark, are interest rates. And we've talked a lot about this inverted yield curve. And if you haven't heard the term, it was all over the news. It's when short-term rates were higher than long-term rates. And it's been a harbinger for a recession in the past. We think that the, this time was different. And you know we laugh when we say that because that's an old axiom in, in the securities business, this time is different. But it is different this time. And it, what it is, Mark, is $17 trillion of negative interest rates overseas. We start thinking about what central banks are doing around the world and lowering interest rates to try to spur their economies along. Just to look at Germany, for instance, this summer, when they're essentially in a recession. They're trying to get their way out of it by getting companies to borrow money and getting people to borrow money. The same thing we do in the United States is try to get people to spend, get companies to spend, get their economy going again. When you have negative interest rates in your country, let's say Germany, let's say you're an institutional investor in Germany, and your choices are to put money into a German boon at a negative interest rate or take that money and buy U.S. Treasury bonds, you're going to go over and buy the U.S. Treasury bonds. And when you're doing that, you're driving the price of those bonds up but you're driving that yield down. And ultimately, we're getting to the point where the long-term rates, we're getting close to the short-term rates, and you get that inverted yield curve. And everybody this summer was talking about inverted yield curve, inverted yield curve. Well, it's kind of corrected itself because some of those countries have come out of negative interest rates, and they're buying bonds back at home as opposed to putting money into U.S. And, of course, the Fed and the Fed lowered rates, which lowered the short-term side. So, you know, you think about, first of all, you think about why why is the craziness of negative interest rates? It is to encourage people to borrow. So if it's a negative interest rate, effectively they're paying you to borrow. That's really the important thought there. As we end the show, Mark, you know, what's really important right now is as we talked about all of these things, you should know what's in your portfolio. For sure. And for a lot of people right now, you're looking at the end of the year is coming. And for most investors, you've had a pretty good year. There's probably some run-ups in your mutual funds, perhaps in your stock portfolio, perhaps in your bond portfolio. Now would be a really good time to have that portfolio review because there are taxes to be paid. There is management to be had at that point in time. Rebalancing that can be done. Get back to your risk tolerance. That all starts with that free portfolio review. Hey, we believe in it so much, Dave, that we give it away for free. So if people are interested, 
Danny, they can get a hold of us by going to our website at AnnexWealth.com, hitting that Get Started button, and starting the process of getting that free portfolio review. It is a simple process. It'll take you just a couple of minutes. It will make a big difference, and uh, we sure hope you take us up on that. Thanks for listening, folks. We will see you in a week. In the meantime, this is 92.5 Fox News, and you are listening to the Annex Wealth Management Show. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.